0: If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. ...of the Maker Mom Podcast. This week's guest is Whitney... And I'm going to say her nine-month-old daughter because she definitely chimes in at times as well. So this is another one of those uh, episodes where I'm giving you a forewarning at the start that uh, if you feel like you are fully done having children, just beware this episode might give you a little bit of uh, baby fever. But before we hop into the episode, I want to give a big shout out and thank you to my patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Laura of the Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou made by Mary Lou, Amy Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly Reclaim Living Store, Brandy Studio Obey, Kathy One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you Also, very much for your ongoing support of the podcast. And if you think you might be interested in doing the same, just stick around to the end of the episode and I will let you know how you can do that. Also, one more thing before we hop in to the interview with Whitney. Um, At the start, her little nine-month-old daughter is kind of hanging with her and decides to do a little bit of uh, messing around with her... um, earbuds slash microphone so it there are times where it sounds a little garbled but trust me it doesn't last any more than a couple seconds at a time so just stick with it and you will find that it is really great interview so let's jump in with Whitney um well Whitney uh if you don't have any other you know don't have any questions for me then why don't we get started with just uh if you can give an introduction about yourself
1: yeah, um my name is Whitney and I am a mom of two and my son is 4 and my daughter is 9 months old and I am a woodworker. I am a stay-at-home mom. Um yeah, I've always been pretty artistic but didn't start woodworking until just a few years ago and I just kind of stumbled upon it. It was just a hobby that turned into a business. Um, so I was super fortunate just to be able to stay at home with the kids and slowly learn, um, you know, just new skills and, yeah, make make a business out of it.
0: Awesome. Well, we, before we get into the whole uh, becoming a woodworker and turning it into a business, um, let's go back to your childhood a little bit. Okay. Where'd you, uh, <laughs> sorry.
1: That's okay. you be nice to sister, babe. Okay. Here, let's give her her toys. Okay. <laughs> this should be good now. Okay. <laughs>
0: uh, where'd you grow up? What kind of things were you interested in as a kid?
1: So I grew up in Oregon and I've been into sports all my childhood and throughout high school. Um, just always been pretty artistic. And I took pottery classes in school, photography, yearbook. Um, I actually took shop class in middle school. Um, But yeah, I've always just been into like creating things. And even when it comes to like gifts for Christmas and things, I usually don't buy stuff, I just make it. And then it makes for a busy, busy Christmas season. (laughs) My husband's always like, don't make gifts this year. (laughs) But um, I'm a pretty outdoorsy person. I love um, hiking, paddle boarding. Um, I love going to lakes in the summertime. And yeah, I've always just been pretty into the outdoors and nature, which I feel like it inspires a lot of my um, artwork that I do too. Cause I create a lot of mountain signs with trees and things like that. And, um, yeah, the outdoors really just inspires my work pretty much, even with my photography. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Oregon and then my husband and I, um, we sold a farm that we had bought. We actually got married on our property. Um, and then we sold our farm and bought a travel trailer. And we traveled around the U.S. for a year with our son. And we stayed up in Alaska for um, six months at the end of our travels. And then we made our way back to Oregon, which is where I live now. Um, but I feel like our road trip really inspired a lot of my, my business as well. And just seeing a lot of different places. And um, that's really where my woodworking journey kind of began was up in Alaska. Um but yeah now we're back in Oregon I live in central Oregon and yeah I don't know <laughs> that's where I'm at right now in my life.
0: Okay. Um so what uh okay, come here. sorry I'm gonna have to hold my <laughs> no daughter. that's fine, that's fine. Okay.
1: Okay, you come
0: here. Okay, we're good now. <laughs> um So creative, uh, sports, um, growing up, um, do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have two little brothers. Um, One lives
1: in California, the other one lives in Oregon. Um, And yeah, my mom and my dad both live in Oregon. Majority of my husband and my family actually still live in the state. Um, But yeah, I met my husband when I was 17 years old and, um, we got married when I was 21 and we bought out a little bit outside of our town mountain country. We bought our first house which was where we got married um and it was a farm so we had cows and pigs and chickens and what's funny is I actually like look back I actually look back and I did some woodworking there too which is so funny because I kind of laugh at it now I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe I tried to sell that <laughs> but um But yeah, I like, I don't know that I guess I did woodworking then too, and just kind of any type of arts and crafts. I feel like I'm always just, even if it's just making things as far as food, I just like to do things with my hands, I guess.
0: Yeah. Awesome. What led to the uh, buying a farm? Like what was behind wanting to do that?
1: My husband grew up on a farm and I've always loved the country. Um, And so we actually bought at a really awesome time because like the economy wasn't doing too good. So we were able to afford a farm at that time. Um, But yeah, I mean, we were just looking for land and stumbled upon our house and everything just kind of fell into place. It was all God's timing and um, yeah, I don't know. We just, my husband grew up on a farm. So I think that's what he's always pictured for his life. And yeah, after having that property, it was kind of like, I felt like, okay, I could never live in the
0: city again.
1: (laughs) Like I just adapted so much and I, I just fell in love with it even more.
0: Um, And so do you guys live out in the country now? Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: we live out in the country, and right now we only have chickens, but we actually just bought this house recently. Um, when we moved back to Oregon, we were renting for a few years and just kind of looking around um, in this house definitely needs a lot of work it actually was not even livable when we bought it um and we had to be out of our house our rental in a week and so we just like came here and busted stuff out I laid out flooring and we had to paint everything and deep clean it out and it's still very very unfinished but we're living here now so <laughs> it's good it's in progress
0: good um so you said you started woodworking really up in Alaska what mm-hmm. um what was that first project what got you started with it
1: well when we were traveling we had our trailer but when we made it up to Alaska we ended up renting a um 600 square foot cabin up there and um I found this quote online that was Basically, it's a quote about living in small spaces, how there's more room to love, and I I don't know. It's just a really cute quote, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to make that for our wall because we were renting, so I couldn't, like, paint or anything like Mm -hmm. that, and I've always been the type where, like, when I'm at my house, I just want to make it cozy right away, and so I was like, oh, that'll be easy if I just make a sign that we can remove it when we leave or whatever, Um, so I basically transferred it to wood and then I framed it and I posted it online on Instagram and, um, someone that I went to high school with wrote me and they said, Hey, if you ever move back to Oregon, I want you to make me that same sign. And so when we ended up, um, saying that we were moving back, she wrote me again and said, Hey, you're moving back. Can you still make me that? I was like, sure. And I actually got, two other woodworking orders that same week um which we were not even in a house yet and we were staying in like this short-term condo because we had no idea where we were going to live and so in that condo I made three (laughs) signs and um I just like yeah I just started posting them online and then just kind of went from there um, and it really was like a learning process for me because I didn't really know what I was doing. And luckily, like the first few orders of people, um, I knew them. And so I was like, well, you know, yeah, I can make this for you, but I don't really, you know, I'm not the skilled woodworker. So as you're willing, you know that. And they're like, yeah, just do it. So it was really nice that I got like, yeah, pretty, much first, pretty much the first year um, was just um, buy any money that I made, I would use it to buy tools. And mm-hmm. actually, I would say it was definitely longer than a year, but um, I would use that money to buy tools and just kind of learn. I watched a lot of YouTube videos and um, I got a few woodworking books even and just... Yeah. I mean, didn't as learned as I went. So, um, when I would get orders, as long as they knew that it was, you know, that I was just learning or whatever, Mm -hmm. I would say yes, and just push myself to do it because I wanted to learn as much as I could. So I would really say that's how my business grew because I didn't stick to like one niche. I just, if someone wanted a table, I would try to build the table. If someone wanted a business sign, I would try to build a business sign. Mm -hmm. And so it was able to just push me in learning a lot of different, on how to use a lot of different tools and things like
0: that. Okay. So, I mean, is there like a certain type of thing that you make more than others? Well,
1: I live in central Oregon, so there's a lot of mountains surrounding me. I would definitely say that's popular out here. I do a lot of, um, it, they kind of look like puzzle pieces. They're different slots of wood mm-hmm. that go together. And um, I do them based on the mountains surrounding us. Um, so I would definitely say that's popular out here. Um, I definitely got into the maker community where I live. Um, and so I would say like through online and you go to, you know, sell your stuff at these little events and then you meet other makers as well. Mm-hmm. And um I, I've always been the only woodworker, but I, I met a lot of people through there who started their own business where I live. And, um, so that branched off being able to make business signs for other people, um, Mm -hmm. because I got to meet like a lot of, um, local artists and business owners in my area. And then when they found out I did woodworking and they've seen other business signs, that's definitely expanded a lot where I live. Okay too. So
0: yeah. Um, do you still like I mean how do you predominantly get business? Is it like everything has always yeah, everything has
1: always been through Instagram for me. I actually don't have Facebook or any other form of social media other than Mm -hmm. Instagram is just kind of too much for my brain to handle. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it started through Instagram and that's where I get majority of my customers. But then I also have people that just word of mouth because where I live, there's a lot of local businesses. Um, and so I think just other people who have boutiques or things like that, who they want to buy wholesale, Um, and yeah, just spreading, I would say word of mouth through my community as well.
0: Okay. Um, so do you do like the, I should say pre COVID where you doing things like art fairs and stuff like that too? Yeah, I haven't really done. Um,
1: I haven't really done a lot of those. I think I've done maybe three, um, like art fairs. Um, which actually they work well in my area because like I said, this is an area for small businesses and there's a lot of like local artists here. And, um, just, I mean, you can pretty much find anything handmade here. I feel like, um, cause I live in Bend and it's, it's, well, now I actually live outside of Bend, but that's where majority of my business was when we were renting was Bend. And, um, It's like a very touristy place in the summertime. Mm -hmm. People come and do water sports and in the wintertime they go to Mount Bachelor and it's just always kind of a popping town. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've done a few of those and they actually work really well for me. But um, being a mom and accepting like orders all the time. And also just trying to create stuff for my own house. I feel like every time one of those comes up, I'm like, mm-hmm. I have no inventory. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I don't do it often. Um, just because then I feel kind of stressed to so like, all right, I've got to make a bunch of stuff to sell with this. Um, and yeah, I just don't have the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally get that. So, I mean, speaking of being a mom, I mean, you've got two littles, one Uh little, little. (laughs) Yes. And especially if she just learned to crawl, that means now (laughs) she gets into everything. So how do you um, have the time Mm -hmm. to get any work done really? Yeah.
1: It's, it's a work in progress every day. (laughs) Um, I will say she is, oh my gosh, my daughter is so different than my son. He I luckily, like when I was learning to woodwork, I just had him, and he's such a chill guy. I mean, he can sit there for hours and watch you, or even like when I go out paddleboarding, he would just sit on the paddleboard with me, not even try to like climb in. Um, my daughter is opposite; <laughs> she is a feisty little thing, um, uh-huh. and so it's been a lot harder for me to manage, especially since we bought our property and it's a total of renovation. Um, that I'm actually like kind of changing up my business a bit where rather than just, um, creating, you know, when people order custom for me, um, I've stopped, uh, getting custom orders and put kind of a halt to that for now where I'm just kind of creating things and then selling them as I go. Um, just things that I know that people usually order and work well in my market and things that I like to make too. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, yeah, I'm really switching my business up quite a bit this year and it may actually just stay that way because yeah, my daughter, she's, she's a handful.
0: (laughs) Uh, what do you think you like better taking the custom orders or kind of like doing your own thing? Um, that's hard to say. I mean, I'll definitely say
1: I'm super excited to start creating my own thing again, just because that's where I get to just go in my workshop. There's no dimensions I have to follow or like worrying about if I'm, you know, let's say I'm spraying some painting, something gold. Do they want it shimmery? Do they want it? matte? what shade of gold do they want it? You, you want to make sure that it's perfect for what they are wanting Um, where when I get to go out there and create, I just don't have a plan. And I'm like, Hmm, what do I feel like making today? And, and I feel like that's where my creative juices really get flowing. So I would definitely say I'm super excited to branch into that this year because I haven't been able to do that for quite a while. And it kind of pushes me more in my business too to grow just because it inspires me more. Um, but, I do love doing custom work too because I like when someone doesn't know how to make something themselves and they just envision it, whatever it is, a piece of furniture or something for their wall, or maybe it's like for their wedding. I've done a lot of things for weddings before that are super custom. Um, and I like that to, you know, make their vision come to life. So that inspires me too, but I would definitely say probably more creating my own thing which is why I'm kind of trying to branch into that this year
0: mm-hmm. uh yeah I get that I'm not uh if, if you listen to the podcast at all or others who listen know because I've said several times I'm not much for custom uh, yeah made I would prefer my own design mm-hmm. um I will take commissions and to me, those are different commissions to me are, I want XYZ and I'm not too picky about how Mm -hmm. it turns out, you know, what colors or whatever, um, you're the artist you decide. I love those types
1: of (laughs) jobs. Yeah, that's,
0: that's (laughs) definitely awesome. Sometimes it
1: is so hard for me. Like when someone wants something a certain way, there's been times where I'm like, Are you sure you don't want me to switch this a little bit? They're like, nope, that's exactly what I want. And I'm like, all right. But everybody has their own style. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I definitely, I agree with you on that. That could be hard. And especially if you make things, I'm sure you're the same where you want it to turn out the best way possible. So I feel like when I'm working on something for myself, because I envisioned it, I usually don't stress about it where if I'm making something for someone else, I get really like my perfectionism comes out and I notice every little thing mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what if I give this to them and they notice this little spot and it bothers them or I just get like really hard on myself.
0: I do. I do too. Um, the way I have combated that though, in the few times I've taken custom orders is I just put such a tight timeline on myself that I have to be like, "It's okay, move on," because I don't have yeah. time
1: to yeah. like.
0: So, in that case, my procrastination nature has helped me uh, get past some of those moments.
1: Oh my gosh, that's amazing! I I don't do well with that, which is probably why I say it's easier for me to kind of do my own thing. Um, just because, like, when I do set a deadline, and then having two kids, oh my- and then also managing like taking care of my house and making sure everybody has food and just being a mom. Um, that is really hard for me because I feel like if I don't get something done the exact time that I did, then I'm just kind of failing, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, that's been a struggle for me, especially in the last few months since we moved out here where I'm like, "Ah, I don't want
0: that stress on my shoulders at night, you know? Mm -hmm. So, with it being, I mean, with this house, like, needing so much work, does that mean, like, are you getting into kind of DIY home remodel stuff as well?
1: Yeah, I am, and I'm starting to, like, learn a lot of different things. Um, Our kitchen, we completely gutted when we moved in because... Um, I mean, maybe this is gross to hear, but our house just smelled like dog pee everywhere. When we first moved in, the carpets were nasty. The kitchen had dead mice, mouse poop, maggots. Like we definitely could not live here when we first bought it. So, um, I'm so, so glad that we like tore out the cabinets and everything because, um, yeah, that would have been just under there and nasty. So I actually built um, our kitchen cabinets and I've never done that before. And um, yeah, I'm you know, doing a lot of things that I've never done before. So it's been a lot of fun and especially because it's our own house. I'm not hard on myself with learning and being like, yeah, let's do this because I'm not renting it. And it's like, okay, if I mess up, I just fix it. And mm-hmm. so it's actually been a lot easier just to kind of like experiment and just try things and kind of go bold with certain things. Like I painted our cabinets green instead of just doing like a, I don't know, a traditional white or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's been fun for sure. And I'm excited to get more into it. But I've realized that I kind of have to like stick with one thing for a little bit. So like Right now, I'm getting a few orders finished up and until that, I'm not not touching my house because then I feel like I kind of do a little bit of everything and then nothing gets done and -hmm. then I start to stress out and, you know, feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I feel like I'm just failing. So yeah, I feel like I kind of pick one category for like a week and then switch categories,
0: I guess. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, I'm just not good at it. I've got, I'm currently working on number three out of four uh, commissioned resin, wooden resin bowls. And it's like, I keep getting distracted by like, I just, Fourth of July weekend, I put up some floating shelves in our master bathroom because I started that two weeks ago. And I'm like, I am getting it done this weekend. (laughs) Like it was happening. But that meant then no work got done, you know, on these commissioned pieces that people are waiting on. Like they're, you know, they're, they're waiting for them to get done. So it definitely adds a level of stress if you are not good at like prioritizing and putting things in the right order.
1: Yeah, I totally feel you 100%. And that (laughs) I feel like is my daily life. (laughs) People are always like, how do you do it? And I'm like, not well. (laughs) (laughs) I do not feel like I'm winning at the mom game and (laughs) (laughs) maker game and all of it. But um, yeah, I, I do the same thing. Actually, when I clean, I used to like, as I would let's say I'm cleaning my kitchen and the kids' toys are it's sitting in the kitchen and you know there's a shirt on the ground, I go put the shirt in the laundry and then I would take the toys to the kids' room and then I would get stuck in their room because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's such a mess. Right. Where now I just kind of am like, if they're if I'm cleaning the kitchen and the toys are on the floor. I literally just throw them in their room and go back to the kitchen and tell them I'm done with the kitchen. And then I move on to another room because then I feel like I'm never getting anything done. See, so, I need to,
0: I need to pick up that practice for cleaning. As well. <laughs> oh, I'm not kidding you. It
1: makes the world of a difference and start in a room that you guys are like in all the time, like the living room. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, somebody, your husband comes home and you're like, Oh, it's clean, but don't go in the bedroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so especially since you're kind of like switching up how you're doing your business like mm-hmm. um what's that I mean there's one part about a maker business which is making and that takes its own amount of time but then there's mm-hmm. like the business part of a business so how are you squeezing that in As well, you know, working on taking orders or if it's your piece and you're selling it and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, it's... I guess I'm just kind of taking it daily and it's a learning curve for me. Um, the cool thing about having your own business is you can really set it up how you want it to be and you can also live and learn. So like for me, I know that I really, especially right now with having two kids, I feel so bad if I don't meet a deadline where before it was a lot easier for me to do that, um, so that's a lot of the reasoning and like why I just want to switch things up. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I guess it's just kind of a daily thing that I'm learning how to navigate. It's very hard for me when somebody wants to order something for me and me say no, because it's, that's your business, that's your income. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been a hard part for me, but also, I guess I'm, I'm fortunate enough where my husband is the roofer. We have our own roofing company and I manage like I do the business paperwork part of that so I can do all that at home. So I'm lucky enough that this is just like, it's not pressure for me to make income because that mm-hmm. is our sole income. So I would say that's huge in me being able to kind of change things up.
0: Hello, makers. Today's podcast is sponsored by Bad Workwear North America. They are an Australian workwear brand that launched in the US and Canada last fall. I haven't tried the gear yet myself, but have heard great things about their gear from our friends in the maker community, especially women who are excited to find workwear that looks great and fits right. They carry a women's line of items, but based on the slim fit nature of their clothing, All of their line is considered unisex as women have great success sizing down in the men's items and getting a great fit as well. If you want to check them out, visit www.badnorthamerica.com and use the code MAKERMOM10 at checkout for 10% off your order. All right, let's get back to the episode.
1: Where if this was my livelihood and that was it, maybe it would take me a lot longer to transition because- Mm -hmm. It is really, really hard for me when somebody says, hey, can you make that dining table? And I want to, because I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's a good project. (laughs) But then um, to say no to it is hard, but also I like that I've met so many people along the way where who are other makers as well, where I refer a lot of people and I say, ah, I'm so sorry. I can't, I'm not doing custom orders anymore, but so-and-so can for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I highly recommend their work. This is their contact information. Um, so that's really nice for me to be able to do. And like right now, even though I say I'm not doing custom orders anymore, I have taken a couple of them. And I've been kind of picky choosy with it because I'm like, well, in the meantime, while I'm transitioning into this, you know, like, I don't know, it's a daily navigation (laughs) trying to figure it out. But
0: yeah. Yeah. Was there any part of you that felt maybe a bit more reserved about making it into a business versus it being like a hobby and you making things for friends and family?
1: Um, you know, not
0: at all in the beginning,
1: because I think it was all just so fun and exciting for me. And it was something I did not expect at all. Like it was just a hobby. And so for me to just have people suddenly say, can you me?" and I'm like, what the heck? I don't even, why do you want me to make this for you? I don't even know what I'm doing. It was almost like an honor for me that people even wanted that, um, mm-hmm. And so in the beginning, it was really awesome to be able to just see it transition into a business. And I definitely would say it happened slowly, which was really beneficial for me just because I got to learn as I went and I didn't have this pressure. It didn't like take off overnight at Mm -hmm. all. Um, so I said, I would say like in the beginning, even though it turned into a business, it still felt like a hobby, um, now I would say is where after a few years of doing it, that's kind of why I'm switching things up because it I've lost somewhat of that passion, I guess. Um, because I'm not able to just freely create. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like even not with woodworking, just with anything like cooking, I don't follow recipes. I just Hey, I have this in my fridge. Let's make it up, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say now is why I'm kind of choosing to switch things up because I miss that feeling of it being a hobby rather than, um, just making what other people envision. I'm not able to make what I envision anymore. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I would say that, you know, being reserved and, you know, wanting to still have that passion of the hobby and not have to make money on everything mm-hmm. just um I would say that's kind of happening now rather than in the
0: beginning okay what's uh what's your shop space look like right now like I mean like what are you getting to work out of for
1: um, making we have we have a metal shop outside of our house, and that was like pretty much part of the main reasoning why we bought this property. Um, because I was like, Oh my gosh, that is the workspace. (laughs) Um, for both of us. I mean, my husband, he can, he just built a chicken coop, a big dog house. Like he just does whatever. And he's always good at everything. (laughs) Um, but yeah, now we have a metal shop, but I've kind of just, we've rented a few places and I just kind of make, whatever I can be my workspace so like our last house was a super small garage and it was in the shade all the time so it was dark and it just was like a really hard place for me to work honestly I actually majority of the time brought the stuff into our sunroom to work because it was like bright and I felt motivated in there I barely even use that shop, um, where now our the shop out there is in the sun and I've been out there a ton. Um, so I'm fortunate to be able to have that, but yeah, I kind of, I don't know, just kind of make wherever my, my workspace, but that will be hopefully getting set up, um, soon, but right now it's also kind of in shambles because we just moved here and there's still, I still have half my kitchen stuff out there in boxes. (laughs) So (laughs) that's like another one of those things. It's like you pick and choose what you can every day. Do I want to get this project done or do I want to clean the, you know, clean the shop out and organize it? Um, I definitely have a hard time with prioritizing
0: as well. Um, what are some of your go-to tools that you like to use? Um, I
1: love the Ryobi Brad nailer. I have a Brad nailer and a pin nailer, which I love them both. Um, I also have a Ryobi chop saw that I use constantly. Um, my drills that I have are DeWalt. I use them like, I would say those are like my main tools that I use all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't stick with one specific brand in the beginning. I would say I bought a lot of Ryobi products because they're cheaper. Mm -hmm. Um, but I actually really like a lot of their products. Some of them I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, my drills I got from my husband because he's a roofer and he had to get new ones. And so I got his old ones. So they're like covered in tar (laughs) and stuff, (laughs) but they work awesome. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say like right now I'm using my router a lot because I'm building a tabletop and then in inlaying wood, um, braces underneath it. Um, but yeah, I would say I use my Brad nailer a lot, my chop saw. I have a table saw that I use all the time. It's actually Ryobi and that is one I do not recommend. Um, I don't like it at all, but, um, yeah, that's, that's a tool that I'm saving for to get a really nice table saw.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, let me see what else I'm trying to think that I use all the time. Oh, I have a jigsaw. I use that often. Oh, um, when I'm doing business signs, I use my scroll saw, which is DeWalt. Mm -hmm. I love that thing. I, I bought it off Craigslist, um, and it works awesome. I actually had a Ryobi one before that, and this one I feel like is a thousand times better, um, but when I'm cutting out letters or designs, Mm -hmm. that's, that's, like, if I'm doing business signs, that's my tool I'm using all the time.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. Um, would you say, like, are you working with, uh, predominantly, like, dimensional lumber from, like, a big box store? Or are you working like with hardwoods or a mix of both? Yeah, I would say a mix of both.
1: And it depends on what I'm doing. Um, I, I like to keep things as natural as possible. And when I started out, I used to like go to Home Depot all the time. Um, and I would, you know, have like every single stain color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing that a lot where now I just, there's a lot of things that I use that I just try to keep things natural, even like our skincare and our soaps in our house. And, um, I don't know, things like that, that I feel like with my woodworking, I'm like, okay, that kind of contradicts each other. I'm using chemicals and then right. I'm coming inside and wanting it to be clean and natural. So, um, I, there's like a hardwood company out here that I actually get scrap lumber from. And so, um, that's been awesome because they're just all sorts of tones of wood and I don't Mm -hmm. have to do anything to it. It's just so naturally beautiful. And I love that. Um, so I would say I'm definitely transitioning to more hardwoods, Mm -hmm. um, just because like I have access to it and it matches kind of my business and different wood tones and I'm not having to use, I don't even remember actually the last time I stained something, mm-hmm. um, which has been awesome. And I'm not against it in any way. I just like, I would say that's also been transitioning as well. Cause in the beginning, um, yeah, I feel like I stained everything. And
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: I, I don't paint too often. I, I feel like I keep things. I like, wood tones. So even whether it's natural or stained, um, but I know some people like they'll refinish furniture and they use like chalk paint and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's not often for me that I paint things unless I'm following someone's business sign. Um, and they, you know, or their custom piece that they want this pink or white or right. whatever, but I really like to be able to see grain in wood. So yeah. Both, yeah. I guess.
0: But okay. So what do you hope that your kiddos learn from watching you kind of I mean, you're both running your own business, so they get to see that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, but what do you hope they learn from watching that business part and the making part?
1: Um I want them to be able to just not be afraid to try new things. And if something's not the norm, um, you know, if they're interested in it to try it out. Um, If I don't know if they'll be creative, my son is super hands-on and anything we're doing, he wants to be doing. Yesterday my husband was changing the oil and my son's following him around everywhere, pretending he's changing the oil and (laughs) wanting to learn. And if I'm out in the shop working He brings his little tool belt out there with like these wooden, he has a hammer and a screwdriver and, and he just tells me, Oh, I'm making this. I'll make, he makes like the other day he made a boat and he took off a plastic boat motor in his bedroom of like this plastic Mm -hmm. boat that he had. And he asked me to put a screw through it and drill it into the wooden boat. Yeah. <laughs> and so we did and he created his own little boat and he likes it more than his plastic boat. So um yeah, I think just like I don't know. I just don't want them to feel like held back or if they want to make things just to be inspired by their own brains and themselves and um you know, you get things through hard work. It's not just handed to you. So I think that's a big thing that I try to instill in them. I'm actually pretty firm too with like family who wants to bring them toys and stuff like that. I'm like, please don't, don't, don't always just give them everything because Mm -hmm. I want, you know, I want to instill like hard work in them because that's, if you want something to grow, that's how you get it to grow. So
0: yeah, I don't know. (laughs) What's your, what's your favorite part about being a mom?
1: Oh my gosh. I always say like being a mom is like the best thing that ever happened to me. I just, um, I don't know. I love all the love that it gives me in my life. They make me laugh. They're both total comedians of our house. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like being a mom is such a blessing and it's a gift that not everyone gets to have. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's a learning experience every day. It teaches you patience. Definitely teaches you patience. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I would just say it's. Hey, you little. She's trying to tear my yeah. headphones off. <laughs> 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 patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would just say it's been. I don't know. It's given me more love in my life than I could have ever dreamt of. I guess.
0: Awesome. Which I would
1: say is my favorite thing.
0: Awesome. What's your favorite thing about being a maker? Woodworker. Um, just like. I don't know.
1: I guess having your creativity come to life. I mean, I guess it would be the same as like an author of a book. They have this imagination and they get it to flow out onto paper and other people get to experience it and read it and imagine it in their mind as well. Um, and so, yeah, I would just say like things that are in my own mind, I get to bring to life and have others experience that too. um, would probably be it. I love the community that it brings meeting new people. I'm definitely a people person. I would, if I wasn't a maker, I wouldn't be podcasting with you <laughs> right now. Like it just, I definitely love meeting other people. Um, whether they do the same thing as me or completely different. Um, it just, I don't know. I feel like it just is always expanding my mind,
0: you know? hmm Yeah. Now, um, being a a woman and getting into woodworking, have you, do you feel like you've had any challenges, uh, because of that? Mm,
1: I mean, yeah, I wouldn't actually say challenges. I would just say that I've had in the beginning people kind of like, because my husband is in construction, he has a lot of family and friends who are in construction too. And it's kind of like, if you say, yeah, I'm going to make this. People kind of like, really, (laughs) you know, kind of like, okay. Um, But I wouldn't say it's been more challenging for me. It's just been one of those things where not to say you get judged differently, but I don't know people just don't expect it, I guess, as much.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: but now I don't feel like I experience really any of that. Um, but I remember even like I used to go to Home Depot seriously all the time. And, um, someone i had my son with me and i was like pushing around this big cart of a ton of lumber and i have him in my other hand and i'm navigating through the store by myself and they're like do you need help do you know where you're going and i'm like yeah i'm good they're like so what are you making with all of that and i can't remember what i said and I, you know maybe i think it was a bed frame or something i don't know but um They were like, really? I you don't look like a woodworker. And I was like, Well, you don't look like you would work at Home Depot. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, I guess in the beginning it was just kind of like that, like that you're a girl. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I don't know. I feel like I don't notice any of that stuff. I'm just like, eh, do my thing. It is what it is. And um, yeah. Do you feel like
0: people say anything to you or? Mainly, it, it's mainly still like, yeah, the big box stores. Um, I don't, we don't have a Home Depot, but we have a Lowe's, um, uh-huh. so places like that, or really I would say any of the tool stores. Um, uh-huh. I can hold my own in a true lumber yard because I can speak uh-huh. the lingo, and so usually once I throw out and ask, say like, I want four quarter something or other, then they're uh-huh. like, oh, okay, she knows what she's talking about, so. Yeah you know, so they don't give me any crap, but um at Lowe's and Home Depot and some of the tool stores, like, we have an Acme tool that's about 45 minutes away that sometimes I'll go get tools there. Mm-hmm. At first, you know, I'll get that reaction of, like, oh, mm-hmm. you're a woodworker. Um, usually, though, if you just have a conversation with them that kind of gets broken down but it also depends on my mood on if I'm in the mood to like (laughs) have the patience to have that conversation or if I'm more just like I know exactly what I'm looking for and for whatever reason like Lowe's especially recently has like been rearranging their store I swear every month and I'm like quit moving (laughs) stuff I know what I want and where it's usually at but um, yeah Otherwise, no. Um, I think, I do think things have gotten better. But then I also know I've had plenty of women on this podcast. And I ask that question every time. And so I've heard some stories that are, you know, kind of crappy. Yeah. And then I've heard other, and most of the time, it deals with when we're going and buying supplies. Most of the time, (laughs) it's not with other makers. It's usually from people outside of the community.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I agree with that as well. It's it's usually when I'm at a store and it's never it's honestly never offended me and I've never gotten like offensive comments. It's more just like they see especially if I have my kids. They yeah. see a female with her kids by herself and then they're like what can I help you find today? And I'm like, dude, I'm in here every week, right? <laughs> you know? I I probably know this store better than you do, right? right? <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's one of those things. But I've never been like offended or anything. It's just people usually assume, especially if you're in a hardware store or something, like, oh, she's in here to buy. I don't mm-hmm. know, <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I had one cool experience, it's probably been more like six months ago now, Um, but I was buying some wood at Lowe's. Um, I needed construction lumber for a project in our basement and I had my daughter with me and I wanted them to cut it, not because I needed them to, but because I wanted to save time on the project when I got home. And Uh so we're standing in line and it's like all women with all and and another woman had her daughter with her too and we all kind of just looked at each other and said women rock look at us like getting our project (laughs) stuff together you know (laughs) yeah that's so awesome
1: that's awesome well shoot I feel like especially now I mean I haven't been out as much just because like now we have our property and I've been working here on a lot of stuff but oh my gosh especially with like COVID stuff going on I bet you there's a lot of mom and dad, dads out there who are like, all
0: right, let's get the backyard done. (laughs) That's right. It's time. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Lowe's here has been like sold out of so much stuff. They were sold out of Poplar. I'm like, I didn't even think you could be that, like you could do that. Like they always have that stuff. I know, that. But, <laughs> you know what I just learned? This is
1: random, but I just saw this the other day that, you know how poplar sometimes has like green yeah, to it? Yeah. Um, I just saw on YouTube the other day, a girl said that she made a dresser and then she put her poplar out in the sunlight and it took the green out. Mm-hmm. I had never even heard that before. And I was yeah, like, it's same, that is
0: sweet. It's the same thing with um, like red cedar when you cut it. It's red, uh-huh. but if yeah. it once it hits sunlight, it turns brown. So, yeah, a lot of woods do that. Same thing with um, purple heart, you know, people love to make yeah, a purple heart because it's purple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it gets any sunlight on it, it will turn brown, even with really? like even with like the best like UV protectant stuff on it. Yeah, the oh way my gosh. the me. only real way, I mean, I think. Okay. I think paduke stays orange. I don't think that one turns brown, but mm-hmm. most of the woods once they've gotten exposed to the oxygen and then sunlight, they turn brown. It's just Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's cool. Um
0: so one question I like to ask too is if you um we're talking with another mom who wanted to like learn a new skill like woodworking or something like that, but was hesitant to get started. What would be your advice to her?
1: Um, well, I guess it would just kind of depend on like if they're, if they're trying to start a business or to just learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, like if they're trying to learn something, I would say definitely don't be afraid take your time don't put pressure on yourself and just it and also too, like ask around um I know definitely like even through the like Instagram woodworking community there's people out there who have like oh my gosh so many followers I would never even think that they would write me back but I go and ask them hey you know I've never used this before what's your best tip or whatever and they'll totally write you back and and then it, in exchange, I've had people even ask me things where they're like, "Hey, I'm, i I want to build this for myself," and that's like definitely don't be afraid to like open your mind to learn things. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, I don't know. Sometimes you think like I don't know. Don't don't ever be afraid either. To oops, you're good. I'm, sorry. Yep, you're good. Something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's the only way you're going to learn and it doesn't matter if you're a female or male or whatever mm-hmm. there is now, uh, you know, every trade you can be, whatever, <laughs> you could do whatever you want. So, um, yeah, I would just say, take the time, be patient and learn. And if you make a mistake, try again, because I can tell you, like, I've done certain types of tables where they look like that same like I was talking about the mountain signs where there's lots of wood. Um, Oh my gosh. My first one compared to my third one that I did was way different completely. And you learn as you go, even from your own, your own mistakes, not just like, Oh, this person's doing it that way. Maybe I should do it that way. Like you'll pick up on things too. Oh, next time I'm going to do it this way. Um, but yeah. And then, um, with starting, if, if someone's wanting to like turn a hobby into a business, um, I would say the same thing, slowly progress and take it one step at a time, maybe write out like a little plan of, sorry, maybe write out a little plan of your end goal, like, Oh, I want to have an Etsy page or I want to run this business out of my house, but I have no idea what I'm doing. Just like, don't rush into anything and take your time doing it because then I feel like the slower you do things not necessarily the slower but if you don't have pressure you can really build things how you want and you can learn as you go and then the stronger your foundation is
0: yeah absolutely well Whitney we're actually at the end so I want to give you a chance though to shout out where people can follow along with you at yeah I um my
1: only form of social media is Instagram. So my business name is that woodworking girl and um, you can find me there. And then I have a website thatwoodworkinggirl.com. dot So those okay. are awesome. only two
0: ways you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thanks for, for finding the time to chat with me. Yeah. Thank you so much for
1: asking me. It was so fun meeting you and talking about, mom
0: maker life. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So again, that was Whitney with That Woodworking Girl. And if you would like to follow along with Whitney, make sure that you check out this week's show notes. I will have links to all the ways you can follow along with her and her journey, continued journey into uh, woodworking and the DIY space. All right, now, if you are loving this podcast, especially with the new weekly edition of the Wonder Women segment, there's a few things you can do to help out the podcast. The easiest way is to make sure that whatever you listen to your podcast on, that you hit that subscribe button. Then, if you don't mind, if you could head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review that helps the podcast get discovered next level up for supporting of the podcast is to join the tribe over on patreon so that's just patreo com forward slash maker mom podcast there are now four different tier levels one three five and thirty dollar tier levels uh, there is merch and goodies at every level in that new top Level The $30 level will make you an official sponsor of the podcast, which means you get your own little ad segment for your company. So that gives you exposure to all these wonderful makers who are listening. Alright, and then lastly, how you can support the podcast is simply through purchasing of merchandise such as the Maker Mom Tea that currently includes the Mom Squad listed on the back, and the best way to do that is to head over to my furniture website, freemanfurnishings.com, hit shop and uh, apparel, and there is the Maker Mom Tea with the Mom Squad listed on the back. So those are all the ways that you can help support Maker Mom Podcast and to keep it going and around for as long as possible. All right, so today is Friday. We are heading into another weekend. It's going to be a hot one here. Um, I hope you are staying healthy, staying safe, and I hope you get a chance to make something. All right, until next week. Later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom Podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.